Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Mike Inochu Pro. And I am Taka Mishinoku. <laughs> oh, look at that. Welcome <laughs> to episode 114, Super Jacob. First stage. stage. Is there a second stage? Yes. Yeah, second next year. Woo! Lord willing. I don't know how this works. This is my yeah, first Lord Jacob. Willen. Mine too. I mean, not. My, it's the first time I've watched this one. First time I've watched, I've watched this a couple of the last couple of years with Jacobs. It's a thing that's still happening today. Oh yeah. yeah. There's even a second one. There's the U.S. Jacob on New Japan Strong. Hmm. But this was the first Super Jacob and was hosted by New Japan Pro Wrestling. It would take place on April sixteenth, nineteen ninety four. From Sumo Hall in Tokyo, Japan, with an attendance of 11,500 people. Yeehaw, love to see that place. Ryogoku, baby, we're here. Good numbers. So to kind of explain what the Super J Cup is, it was a tournament that was created by Jushin Thunder Liger. Baiga! And it would only feature junior heavyweight wrestlers from many different promotions, including War... Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, FMW, Social Progress Wrestling Federation. That was one where I was like, I don't know SPWF, but okay. <laughs> CMLL, mm-hmm. Mishinoku Pro, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. You got anything on SPFW, or are you just going to save that for later? It's a federation that supplied someone to this. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, cool. Are they a standout someone, or do we totally miss them? Uh, we'll find out when we get here. Get right. through here. I, actually I got all. I, I got. I got all the uh, affiliations for each guy right next to their okay. name. I, I didn't so. do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I got you. Not either. I got you. I'll tell you where they came from. All right. Because as I've discussed before on the uh, Japan shows, I can't really understand what they're saying. So <laughs> oh yeah. Taking notes while watching is difficult because you miss something. So I just try and store focus all on the wrestling up ahead. Mm-hmm. But we're in Japan. And even though we can't speak Japanese, (laughs) we can eat delicious goodies. We can. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, Japan is sometimes a a problem coming up with food ideas. We are very landlocked. Yes, we are very landlocked. And we have to rely on, oftentimes, Oklahoma versions of Japanese cuisine. And today, I attempted that. Uh, the first place I wanted to go to closed way too early, so I couldn't get there in time to get the goodies that I originally wanted. So I tried somewhere else, and they were not as successful, so I would rather not discuss them whatsoever. But luckily, our own Michael, I can't remember his name that he gave. Mike Inochu Pro! Mike Inochu Pro, yes, my Mishinoku brother. <laughs> uh, he uh, came through with his own little goodies here so i'll let you talk about these because i honestly okay. don't know too much about them in uh in japan and in other parts of uh in other asian countries 
the company Nestle, who uh, created the Kit Kat, makes weird flavors over there, and I happen to have some from a sumo watch along left over. Hell yeah! Uh, and I've, we've got some salt and lychee flavored Kit Kats. So, uh, Bussy's open. It is a white mini Kit Kat. It's white on the outside, a white chocolate, and I imagine that the lychee flavor is on the inside. Ooh, I'm looking at the. Okay, it does say Kit Kat on there. Yeah. Like, does it actually say Kit Kat, or is it something in a different language? Is it language? a real Kit Kat? Yes. I was just hoping it would have a different language written on there. But hey, let's try this little it's salt a, and It's been a while since Kit I tried Kat. one of these. It's very good. Very. It tastes like a flower smells, but in a good way. Yes. It kind um, of feels like a good like palate cleanser. Like, my first initial thought with this is... I mean, I wasn't one who had soap in my mouth as a kid very often. Oh, okay. If it tasted like this, I wouldn't have minded as much because it has that little floral. It's kind of one of those things where, like, citrusy like, scent like to oh, it. It, sm- it tastes like a ca- like a really good candle smells, but in a good way and not a bad <laughs> way, right? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But it tastes very floral. Yeah, I mean, very floral. You get a little salt, a little sweet, a little citrus. And it's got and then like it's got the Kit Kat in there, which it, is yeah. It's kind of like a like a heavy drenched. Like rose water baklava, but like flavor wise, but lighter and wrapped in uh, salty white chocolate. Definitely an upgrade from the uh, <laughs> whatever the hell that was that I got before. Mediocre teriyaki chicken. Yes. I don't know what they actually said it was. But we won't out them. We're yeah. not like that. Everybody has a bad day, so we'll just let them have their bad day, and we found something different instead. So. If Meltzer wants to call me, I'll tell him. But, <laughs> <laughs> but something that is interesting mm. is. What happened right around the same time as the Super J Cup? Hmm. Offspring's debut album, Smash. Oh, hell yeah. Would be released the week before, containing such tracks as Come Out and Play, Self Esteem, and Gotta Get Away. And over time, would become the best selling independent label album of all time. That's yep. insane. I know, it's pretty crazy considering. How much nobody gives a shit about. There's no offspring stands now. There's still people over like, yo, these this Green Day run was really good, but people aren't <laughs> like, hey man, the first couple offspring records really hold up. But whatever, fucking noodles got paid. Was I assume it was on Epitaph, but Dexter Holland, I believe, was the guy that had Nitro records, and I had a handful of Nitro uh, record CDs as a kid because I liked punk and pop punk type things so i like the vandals and the first like afi record before they got moody but i never got way into the offspring i mean i like them i wasn't a huge follower or anything like that but i mean i have a play self-esteem and yeah. then later on they're pretty fly for a white guy i mean they had some catchy i have shit a lot there. of friends that are a year or two older than me where like smash was like the album that like busted them open into like rock music but it wasn't the one for me at all, and self-esteem is just uh, is just the uh, smells like teen spirit riff. But I guess a lot of songs are just that riff. Yeah, I mean they they were very big on the. I think they had those little brain worms or whatever it was, where they had those little beats or whatever that yeah. get stuck in your head. Because I will say that Smash is definitely better than when they switch to the poppy stuff. Like <laughs> the what is the one is like my. The white, and like her girlfriend yeah but that one stinks but what's the one <laughs> after that like my girlfriend's a bitch or whatever i think that's still pretty fly for a white guy isn't it? are you talking about that 
the one my that friend's the, got, got a girlfriend, girlfriend and I hate that, that bitch. Yeah, yeah, that song sucks. And then they do my, like the, my friend Aaron actually had that song saved <laughs> as my best friend's ringtone because yeah. we all hated his. Smash is a lot better <laughs> than whatever than that album that that when they went on to do where it was like the TR, TL uh, what is it TRL TRL era yeah. uh, Offspring. I can honestly say I think those two songs and the three songs that I listed here. Are the only songs that I've ever heard of an off, of Offspring. Oh, okay. Well, I would <laughs> unless say they, unless they did some kind of like cover of something or other. I can't think of any. Offspring means a lot to some people. Doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Pretty impressive that it's one of the best independent or the best-selling independent label album of all time, and also kind of a bummer because as a guy who mostly listens to music that comes out on independent labels, this one isn't for me. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Let's see. We got Pretty Fly for a white guy. Why don't you get a job? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That one stinks. Gone away. They have the... Oh, there's a song on Smash where they just say a bunch of curse words. Original prankster. Where it's like... They just like, like shit, piss, fuck, cunt, or whatever. It's like pre... pre uh, I, I think they have a song on Batman song. Forever soundtrack. Let's see. Joel, Joel Schumacher was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> They had one on the Orange County soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, then I guess I've heard a few more Offspring songs. <laughs> it could have been one of these songs, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know they've been on a few. Too. Oh, really? I saw Orange County in the theater, but I don't remember anything about it. So I'm, like, trying to picture... I used to be a big soundtrack guy. Yeah. you could just get a whole bunch of... Also, like, 90s soundtracks are a different thing. It's like, okay, the Angus soundtrack. Rock. Angus soundtrack, really good. It's got like, a bunch of good rock tunes on it. Empire Records, I fell in love with that movie because of the soundtrack. Yeah. And then... It just, I think I love the movie more than the soundtrack now just because it's Empire Records. Damn the man, save the Empire. What's your favorite track on that soundtrack? I don't even know the soundtrack. I've seen the movie a bunch of times. I mean, it has my favorite Jim Blossom song on that album, so. Which one's that? From you? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) I just love the, like, we can drive around this town as the cops chase us around. Like, Hey Jealousy Jealousy. is such a good song, such a good fucking chorus. Jim Blossom's Rule. You've got uh, say, no say no more, mon no amour. Yeah. Oh, it was that one song. I did. We struck Romeo. We learned something tonight. None of us are really Offspring fans. Sorry, Dexter and yeah. the gang. But we're pro Jim Blossom. I'm not a huge Offspring <laughs> so fan. So there's that. I do like some of their stuff. Yeah. I wasn't a I wasn't a punk kid, so. Yeah, I definitely was, but this wasn't one for me. And I've always had went the weird directions because i didn't have any other i didn't have any friends that like showed me stuff or like older siblings i just came across things so the things that imprinted on me are not like really of the time they're just like albums that i bought and like got and i really liked a lot but it may have it was either older or it was like an album that was not the popular one from the band or like the bet the better selling one or whatever so but you know offspring smash maybe i'll give it a listen Tomorrow morning at work. Maybe it'll be the cup of coffee I need for maybe a Monday. You're old enough now. Maybe I'm, or maybe I'm too old now. <laughs> well, let's move on to Super Jacob and talk some Japanese wrestling. Bring me into Sumo Hall, one of my favorite places to watch really any sporting event that I like. And there's only two kinds I like: fake wrestling and uh, fat boy push wrestling. <laughs> sumo. And those both happen in Sumo Hall. <laughs> yeah, sure do. <laughs> So basically, these are all New Japan World. They just literally go straight into matches. It's not a it's not cool it's not a pay per view style. Um, like you can't just it's not like on the WWF networks and 
whatnot where you click on the show and it's like the whole show this is the match you can go to a collect the collection of the matches and click on them but you have to click on the next match you can't just pick the show and it plays so but there is a if if you go out there there is a tape yes the entire show like the most the most traded tape like it's Yeah. yeah it's coveted uh, I wish they would uh, do the lineup of them differently on the the little streaming service. Cause oh yeah. I don't like how you it, you, you had to you, click you, around. You, well, I mean, not just the click around part, but because they list them match by match, you kind of know who's made it through mm. before you know yeah. who's actually in it. I mean, you can read that like it was first round. Yeah, first yeah. Match. I tried to. Looked, I spoiled myself in one, but I tried to keep myself from spoiling. Like I didn't know who was gonna win all but like one match and i was like ah but it was because i had to click back and forth if they had them all in order i wouldn't have thought about it and i would close my eyes and click because i'm that kind of guy where yep. it's like i don't want to know i don't want to know same but our first match is gato versus dean malenko gato of war and dean malenko of new japan progressive this is a first round matchup and look at little gato he is a wrestling observer newsletter hall of famer look at old malenko while Malenko is a hardcore Hall of Famer. He's hardcore. That's his only hard his only Hall of Fame? I was sad. shocked as well. I guess Malenko of that core group of friends, your Eddies, your Benoit's, your Jericho's, he is the one that is the least that like has the least accolades. Sadly. I mean we all know that. He's the man of a thousand holds though. Yeah. The thing is is we're getting to a point in time where champion. people aren't really into holds. I was into holds. I'm into holds. I'm into holds. I'm not saying, not not throwing shade. But Gato, also, if you know a little bit about current day New Japan pro wrestling, he is actually the booker of New Japan and has been for, I'd say, about the last 10 years or so. Yeah, the man with the, the, gold, the golden pen most of the time. <laughs> it's been rumored that he always has a two-year plan. Oh, yeah. Well, right now, you know... Some other places, and people could learn a lot from him. Yeah, seems. but, you know, COVID gets in the way. Yeah. If they're lucky. But the two men shake hands, which we'll see a lot of, because yeah. these wrestlers have respect for each other. We're in Japan, it's also inter-promotional. Inter- That's what I'm looking to say. Yeah, no need to show up in you know army uniforms with tanks. Mm-hmm. Just get in the ring and shake hands. But when the bell rings, Dean hits multiple drop kicks to send Gato to the floor. Back in the ring, Matt Wrestling breaks out with several reversals as both men try for cross arm breakers, arm bars, and head scissors. It's a battle for the arm. They make it back to their feet where Gato takes control with kicks and chops, only for Dean to fight back with forearms and an elbow drop for two. Malenko starts working the head and neck of Gato with several different submission holds until he gets to the mat with a dragon sleeper for a two count. Gato with a rake of the eyes and multiple headbutts. Dean fires back by ramming Gato into the turnbuckle and hitting a delayed vertical suplex. Brainbuster! Which we're going to hear a lot tonight. (laughs) Before applying a figure four necklock. Only for Gato to escape and transition into an STF, but Malenko makes it to the ropes. The two trade blows until they can run into each other, for a double KO, but Dean is up first, looking for a tombstone pile driver, only for Gato to reverse into one of his own and heads up to the top rope. Gato then comes off with a diving headbutt, 
but Malenko avoids and clotheslines Gato for a two count. Gato charges into a corner after a reversed Irish whip, but Dean has jumped to the apron to avoid before coming off the top rope with a crossbody for a two count. Another reversed Irish whip by Gato, but he telegraphs the back body drop. Don't do it. Allowing Malenko to kick him and come off the ropes with a flying shoulder tackle. Only for Gato to catch him and deliver a power slam for the pin and, and the win. win. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't expect Malenko to win in first round. And he kind of looked disappointed yeah. in his little sad eyes. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of disappointed too. I mean, yeah, Big yeah. Daddy Dean in there. You, yeah. I, I kind of wanted him to win. I love Gato's like loose pajama uh, gear. No, it's like a like wide like red cutoff shirt and baggy <laughs> pants. He's got a fun look. So we head to our second match of Super Delphine versus Sanjiro Otani of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And Super Delphine is a Michinoku pro man, a masked man, a Delphine, if you will. And this is another first round matchup, of course. And I was thinking, I was like, is Otani a lion? He's got the black shorts on. I was thinking that maybe he's a I young lion. I would be surprised because he is still wrestling to this day. I yeah, he he literally he... had a match yesterday. Okay, I th- I had a feeling that he was like a Damn. young lion that like from the New Japan Dojo that they put in this uh, tournament because he's probably like ending his about to graduate, if you will. Yeah. And also, Delphin had a belt around him. Do you know what it was? I assume it was probably it was just a, obviously a Michinoku Pro belt. Probably. I assume he wasn't the champion, but it might have been like a light heavyweight champion or what have you. Otani attacks before the bell, working the leg of Delphine, moving from leg submission to leg submission. Really going for it. Super Delphine tries to escape with a rake of the eyes, but Shijiro doesn't waver from the submissions, so Delphine has to crawl to the ropes to break the hold. Otani goes right back to the legs, locking on a single leg crap, but again Super Delphine makes the ropes. Delphine hits a drop kick, Follows it up with a tilt-to-world backbreaker, but Shinjiro is too close to the ropes for a pin. So Super Delphine goes for a second one, only for Otani to counter into a roundhouse kick and a spinning heel kick, sending Delphine to the floor. And I'm pumped. What a fun way to get this going. And I'll... good stuff. Delphine kind of gives me, like, I know he's New Japan and everything, but he just gives me, like, a, a Rey Mysterio oh, yeah. Delphine... with... Delphine's Michinoku. Kind of yeah. I got vibe. Yeah. Ultimate Dragon. Yeah, uh, he's actually Michinoku Pro. The other guy's the New Japan guy. Okay. Yeah. Sinjiro dares Super Delphine to come back into the ring, even holding the ropes open for him. I know. I was like, oh, if this guy's a young lion, he is on top of the world right now. <laughs> Once back in, Otani goes back to work on the leg, but Delphine escapes each time by reaching the ropes. Super Delphine hits a back suplex and a stalling brain buster. <sighs> The longest stall stays so very long. I love it. Delphine goes for another suplex, only for Shinjiro to flip over and hit a drop kick to send Super Delphine out to the floor. Back out there, buddy. Get out there. Otani follows out with a springboard body press before tossing Delphine back in the ring to hit a springboard drop kick for a near fall. Uh, slingshot from the apron. Shinjiro with another drop kick, but to the knee. He applies a knee bar. But again, Super Delphine is able to make the ropes. So Otani just pulls him to the middle of the ring and locks the knee bar back on. Yes, I love it when somebody 
drop kicks the knee of somebody and immediately goes to a hold because the that like bump always looks devastating yeah. when you drop kick a, the the knee as opposed to the chest for a back bump. Super Delphine is whipped to the corner with Sinjiro charging into a big boot. Delphine then hits a tornado DDT <gasps> before creating the Botani for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Well, I mean... If he was a young lion, then we should have known Delphine was going to win. Yeah, yeah. But Otani looked impressive. He looked really, really good, like, for sure. I loved how cocky he was, and I was like, how do I not know who this guy is? I know who Delphine <laughs> is. But yeah, we're we're ramping up. First match, fine. Second match, I was my, my posture was getting better as I was leaning towards the television. Same. Yeah, I I hadn't seen either one of these guys before. You know, in the first match, I at least knew who Dean Malenko was. So these two, uh, they definitely caught my attention. You know, and it was a quick match too. I mean, it went. That's the great thing about this show. Whatever, yeah. we get nine minute matches that you're like, I can't believe they did all that in nine minutes. Mm-hmm. And like every match is basically nine minutes until we get, of course, later into the card. But whew, like. Yeah, I yeah. think there's only three matches that go over ten minutes. Yeah, it's crazy show. what they do in the time. Like, I can't believe they pulled all this off. Then we roll into this next match where it's like, holy shit, I know this guy, and holy shit. I know this guy! I know this guy, too, and I didn't realize it at first. I kind of forgot that I knew him. Yeah. Speaking of, which is our third match <laughs> of Taka Michinoku. Of Michinoku, bro. Versus Black Taiga. Of NJPW. Black Taiga! In that first round matchup. And we've seen Black Tiger before. Obviously, if you don't remember, he's Eddie Guerrero. But we saw him show up at the G1 Climax 93 at episode 97. Match starts off fast with an arm drag, snapmare, and Black Tiger rubbing his boot in Taka's face. Oh, the boot, the boot rub. Yeah. Put out, pretty... the, put out the cigarette on his face. So on good. Pretty little baby face. Oh, Taka Michinoku is so handsome in 94. Mm-hmm. Tiger continues the attack with a body slam, slingshot senton, and a powerbomb for a two count. Black Tiger with a running back elbow and a neck breaker for another near fall before applying an ab stretch. And as soon as Michinoku is about to escape, Tiger knocks him down with a clothesline and locks on a sharpshooter. No offense from Taka yet. He's getting the beat down. Taka escapes and begins to fire back. Here we go. But Black Tiger hits a running clothesline before tossing Michinoku to the ropes, where Taka goes for a top rope springboard moonsault, but he ends up (laughs) flying over Tiger. Yeah, it's crazy. Black Tiger charges at Michinoku, but he walks into a head scissors takedown that sends him flying out of the ring. Taka looks like he's going to jump off the ropes after him, but instead just does another springboard moonsault back into the ring to the crowd's pleasure. Oh, flex on him. He loves to flip. Back in the ring, Tiger clotheslines Michinoku to the corner, tries for a second one, but Taka flips over him before hitting a snap belly-to-belly, followed by a drop kick to send Black Tiger back out to the floor. That snap belly-to-belly, so quick, so clean. This time, Michinoku does follow out with a springboard body press. Goes to bring Tiger in with a vertical suplex, but Black Tiger flips over him, going for a German suplex, which Taka counters into a Bridgings German suplex of his own for, for the two, two count. count. Michinoku hits a standing Frankensteiner 
for a near fall, goes for an Irish whip, which is reversed, and Tiger hits a pop-up powerbomb for a near fall of his own. Tiger, with a body slam, goes to the top for a frog splash for a two count. I love that these guys are just suplexing the living Christ out of each other, but every single suplex is followed reasonably by a cover, as opposed to... It's like, okay, well, I cover him right now. I have, like, you know, that's the right thing to do. Black Tiger then picks Taka up for a body slam, but Michinoku counters by turning it into a sunset flip for a two count. Taka hits a thunder fire powerbomb for a near fall. Snap moonsault, two count. Goes for another, but Black Tiger gets his knees up. <sighs> so he hits a brain buster. Brain buster! Tiger then hits a tornado DDT from the second rope for the pin and, and the win. Damn dudes, uh, each match just keeps getting better. Yep. It's one of those things where I'm like, yo, I'm really loving this, but You're I guess because it's one of those things where it's like, okay, the smaller guys are like kicking out of this stuff. So, okay. But I could see people complain and be like, well, they're just kicking out of everything. I was like, well, they're smaller, their blood runs faster. So we're headed to our fourth match. Masayoshi Motega. Of SPFW. Versus El Samurai. <laughs> oh, very nice. Of New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> and another first round matchup. Motegi lands some drop kicks as the bell rings. That sends some Samurai out to their floor. So Masayoshi follows out with a tope suicida. Runs back into the ring, leaping up to the top rope for another move, but he loses his balance to fall back into the ring. I love when there's the fumbles like that, where it's like, yo, it makes sense, but they don't really call attention to it. It's like, yeah, you're going to make mistakes when you're doing wild shit like that. And I think that it adds to tension, whereas I feel like now everybody looks at it and they're like, oh, no, he fucked that up. And it's like, it's supposed to be a contest between two guys. Like, if it's too clean, that's a problem. And if you redo the spot, that's a problem. Yeah. I so mean, I like this kind of those kind of flubs when they just keep when they're smart enough to keep going yeah. and it doesn't hold them back. Yeah, and that's one of those. You know, for the longest time, pro wrestling has had the stigma of everybody calling it fake, whereas you know that's a real thing happening in the moment. So, yeah. You know, it's... and there's also two guys. It's not like our hour-long ECW match we watched recently where there was some flubs, but it's like, okay, well, he'll just roll to the floor for a while. Samurai returns to the ring, and the two trade arm locks, leg locks, and chin locks before El Samurai hits a pile driver and a back suplex for a two-count. It's a guy I gotta do to get a trap hold. (laughs) I guess you gotta be bigger. (laughs) Samurai applies a Boston Crab, only for Masayoshi to power out into a pin attempt which El Samurai counters into a pin of his own. I love this the chest sit pin. Always love that. But they're in the ropes. Motegi takes Samurai to the mat with a headlock, but is continuously pulled over for pin attempts until El Samurai reverses into a head scissor. Samurai hits a tombstone pile driver. Ooh, even does the taker pin. But that only gets him a two count. Laziness. The two men start brawling when Masayoshi goes for a clothesline, only for El Samurai to counter with an inverted DDT suplex for a near fall. Yeah, I was like, what is this suplex? It looked awesome, but I didn't know what it was. Inverted DDT suplex? I looked for a real name, but I was just like, 
That's the closest I can get. That's the yeah. closest I can come up with. The, mine says a uh, wild suplex. Not sure what it is, but I like it. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, but Moshi landed right flat on his face, it, face down. It was brutal. Samurai with a drop kick that staggers Masayoshi, tosses him to the ropes, and goes for a second drop kick. But Motegi holds onto the ropes, sending El Samurai flat to the mat. Masayoshi then hits a drop kick of his own, putting Samurai against the ropes following with a clothesline, only for El Samurai to duck, tossing Motegi out to the floor. Samurai hits a tope suicida. Oh, right, yeah, right between. I love it when they fly between the second and third rope. Brings Masayoshi back into the ring with a vertical suplex before heading up top to hit a missile dropkick for and a two count. a deep one. El Samurai then goes for a Frankensteiner, but Motegi reverses it into a powerbomb for a near fall. Yeah, wild. Before applying a Romero special and transitioning it into a dragon sleeper. Back to their feet, Masayoshi is running the ropes where he goes for a tilt a whirl head scissors, but ends up just being a really awkward body press. <laughs> yeah. Motegi follows up with three German suplexes. Ah, three. But on the third one, three amigos. Samurai counters with a roll through for a two count. El Samurai then ducks a clothesline. And the two trade waist locks until Samurai hits a bridging German for a two, followed by a thunder fire power bomb for the pin and, and the win. Loving between the last show and this show, the amount of German suplexes, and then we get a lot of other fun suplexes on this show as well. But German suplexes aplenty. If that's a spot you love, this is a show you need. And see, for some reason, when I read the name El Samurai on the notes, I was picturing, oh, what the hell is that guy's name? Not Tex Slazinger, but... Shanghai Pierce. Shanghai, Shanghai yeah. Pierce. Thank God Shanghai yeah. Pierce is in there. <laughs> so yeah, when I first saw that, I was like, wait, I was just asking about him. I was thinking he had gone to ECW or whatever. I guess he came here, and then this guy came on the screen. It's like, oh, wait, oh, no, no, I've no, seen no. him before. Yeah, yeah. I saw him on one of the last New Japan shows. We then go to our fifth match. Ricky Fuji, FMW, versus Negro Casas. Which is he the one SPFW or whatever? Yeah, he's CMLO. That's true. Uh, He trained Rocky Romero. Got to get that in there. And this is a first round matchup as well. Negro Casas, along with training Rocky Romero, is a Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer. Yeah, he comes from a long family of Casas. Like his father. I believe it was his father was... Uh, I'm sure they had houses. Yes. And he's, his house was painted black. Yeah, apparently he grew up in black houses. Uh-huh. But he's got dark hair, too. That's that's all I really know about him. Yeah, yeah. I love Ricky <laughs> Fuji's look. I'm sure that's why I remember which one was <laughs> Yeah. I love Ricky Fuji's look, how he has, like, the leopard pants and the, like, half-bleach, like hair where he like didn't leave it in long enough yeah. <laughs> and it's got a, a real good face he kind of gives me like hiromu vibes in a way of yeah, course so he's not like that. japanese david lee roth or something oh like yeah that. yeah he's got a total he's he's a rocker the costas would hit a drop kick to get it started but fuji would recover to gain control with an arm bar only for it to be countered into a headlock which is countered back into a head scissors which negro escapes to apply an stf only for Fuji to make it to the ropes. The two continue with more head scissors, headlocks, until Casas hits a stiff kick and a clothesline for a two count. 
Ricky starts working the leg after taking Negro down, only for Casas to counter into a Dragon Sleeper before hitting a Body Slam and a Standing Senton for a two count. Negro continues with a drop kick to send Fuji out to the floor before leaping off the top rope with a single sledge. Not much air. Back in the ring, Ricky with a backbreaker, scoop slam, and a top rope double axe handle for two, followed by a snap suplex for a two count as well. Fuji tries for another suplex, but Casas flips over, takes Ricky to the mat, and rolls him up with a magistral pin for a near fall. Negro continues with a top rope senton splash. Goes for a second one, but Fuji has rolled out of the way. Ricky then goes on the offensive with multiple clotheslines, kicks to the gut before hitting a tiger driver for the pin and, and the win. win. Quick, easy pin there. Yeah. Yeah, this one ended a little quicker than I... This one was like, it's like, okay, gonna... like, we've had some highs, but this one is more on par with the first match. We're like, okay, well, we just got to get through a couple of these. Not bad, a little better than the first one, but not as good as uh, what we're... Some of the things we've seen and where we're heading. Yes. And then we're off to our sixth match. Hayabusha. Of FMW. Versus Jushin Thunder Liger. The J in the the J of the cup of New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you don't know him, what are we even doing here? In another first round matchup. And uh, it was fun to have our close personal friends, Kevin Kelly and... Gino Gambino. Gino Gambino. I was like, it wasn't Chris, it was Gino. On the on the commentary. So that's why there was two versions of it on there. Yeah. Did you watch the Japan version? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just fun. Because uh, I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah. wait, Kevin, I don't remember hearing somebody talk that I could understand. Yeah, Kevin is... Um, I just remember sitting on it, got on the edge of my couch going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Power Rangers happening in front of me. So there are two versions on New Japan World, the Japanese version, but Kevin Kelly and Gino Gambino... Probably in the last year or so. Yeah, I think during... they, they did it for because Liger was retiring, so they went back and did some English commentary for the for New Japan World for different so, Liger so matches. So you'll find some random English commentary on matches yeah. throughout New Japan that are recorded nowadays. So it almost becomes part history lesson, part play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they know what's it's already happened. happened. So they've, already they've, happened, they're so they're going back in here and they're telling you about Hayabusa and Liger and where they are in their careers and stuff. And you know, so as Liger takes his cape off, Hayabusa attacks with a drop kick and a spinning heel kick to send Jushin to the floor. Yeah, this one starts right off. Oh yeah, where Hayabusa follows out with a Tope Kongiro with his coat still on. Liger is tossed back into the ring where Hayabusha continues the attack with a top rope dropkick to the back of the head before applying a double arm stretch, hitting a body slam and a leaping leg drop. Hayabusha with a leg lock, knee drop to the leg, only for Jushin to avoid a second try, then tosses Hayabusha to the ropes before kicking his leg out from under him and applying a figure four. But Hayabusha makes it to the ropes to break the hold. Liger with several palm thrusts, a power bomb for a two count, and goes to work on the leg, which Hayabusha slaps Jushin to escape the hold. Getting dirty. Mm-hmm. Liger with a clothesline and goes back to the leg, but Hayabusha escapes quickly to apply a headlock, only for Jushin to counter with a back suplex and a cannonball kick in the corner. Liger hits a superplex, 
followed by some hard strikes to stagger Hayabusha. Whipping him into the corner, the Hayabusha flips out, ducking a clothesline and hitting a spinning heel kick and a drop kick for a two count. Hayabusha with another spinning heel kick, a flipping senton, and goes up top for another spinning heel kick for a near fall. Go on. Hayabusha stays on the offense with a moonsault, a top rope head scissors takedown, backbreaker, before going for a shooting star press. Ooh, yeesh, a scary <laughs> landing. It was so harsh. But he flies too far, missing Jushin completely. Too close <laughs> to the shooting star. He flew too close to the shooting star. Yeah. And got burnt. Shot the moon and mm-hmm. kind of missed. Yeah. Liger takes advantage, hitting a Liger bomb for the pin. Ooh. And, and no, Hayabusha <laughs> kicks out. And it's one of those things like he missed it, but did he mean to miss it? Of That's course, nobody wants saying. to land on their face, <laughs> yeah. but then we get the spot right afterwards. And I'm like, oh no, uh, some places just let guys wrestle. Jushin mm-hmm. sets him up on the top rope, only for Hayabusha to fight out of trouble. He then dives for a drop kick, but Liger catches him to hit a power bomb. Follows it up with a fisherman buster Woo-hoo. for the pin. And, and the win. win. I love to see Liger, you know, fish bust for a pin. I was like, fisherman bust for the pin? It's like, this is where the pin should be, but not the move I expected. Post-match Jushin would help Hayabusha up, and the two would shake hands. Yeah, he gives him some water. This is like pre-ice pack era, so it's what kind of used to in New Japan is the ice pack. But, uh, you know, they, we put over Hayabusa here for good reason. Yeah, new BFFs. This was actually Hayabusha's first match back. In Japan, after an excursion to Mexico. Hmm. Hayabusa is... Is Hayabusa Japanese? He is. Okay, I've always seen him with the mask on, and I know that he worked a lot in Mexico, so I wasn't he, sure... He went to Mexico if he was... and came up with the character of Hayabusa. Okay. And this is his first time coming back. He would actually later go on to become the ace, or top guy, yeah. in FN... FMW. Yes. I know all that. He would also be the innovator of such moves as the Falcon Arrow. Nice. The Firebird 450 Splash. Mm, okay. And the Phoenix Splash, which is a corkscrew 450. Yeah. So it's like, oh, all right. Well, you know. Wow. Yeah. And this is why I, like, <laughs> earlier like I told you guys, I was like, I have no clue why this guy is not in the, at least some Hall of Fame that, yeah. that yeah. we recognize. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't know all that much about him, but holy shit, that explains so much about just the way he performs. I mean, if he's the innovator of all this stuff, you know, eventually becoming the top guy for FMW, yeah, he... And he's got an iconic look, like, it's one of those things like, oh, if you've ventured outside of American wrestling at all, you know who Hayabusa is. I think we do see him a few more times, because he comes over to America and does... A few things. Yeah. But I don't know how much. Yeah. So. I don't believe it's a whole lot. I'm and that's the end of round one. I wonder if I recognize him from in the future and just not now. Yeah. Hmm. I believe he always has the same style of mask. But... I think so. I'm hmm. not sure. Moving on to our seventh match. Gato versus Super Delphine in a quarterfinal matchup. So we've got Michinoku Pro Delphin and Gato of War. So the two trade arm locks and single leg crabs with feet on the head to start until Delphin escapes with an insiguri and lands some stiff shots, only for Gato to no-sell it and the two start trading blows. 
Super Delphin lands a shot to the midsection before choking Gato with his boot and starts running the ropes, hitting a head scissors takedown. Delphine goes for in a clothesline. Gato counters with a drop kick, only for Super Delphine to return the favor to send Gato out to the floor. Ah, uh, and Delphine strikes a pose. Back in the ring, Delphine with mounted punches in the corner, but Gato drops him off with a inverted atomic drop to escape before landing multiple stiff kicks. Double arm stretch from Gato, but Super Delphine escapes by rushing into a corner, driving Gato's head into the turnbuckle, followed by a snap suplex and a neckbreaker for a two. The two men trade chops when Delphine hits a running dropkick, followed by a top rope crossbody to the outside. Mm. Back in the ring, Super Delphine charges into a corner, only to receive a big boot and a clothesline for a near fall. Gato goes for a slam, but Delphine counters into a victory roll for a two count, followed by an Irish whip that is reversed, allowing Gato to hit a power slam for a near fall. Another body slam, and Gato heads up to the second rope for a moonsault. Only a two count, though. Goes for a clothesline, only for Super Delphine to reverse it into a crucifix pin for a near fall. Delphine with a bridging back suplex for two. Hits a body slam and comes off the top rope with an elbow drop. No style. The least the least stylistic elbow drop I've ever seen. For another two count. Not to be rude, but I was like... Dropping basic elbows? Yeah, basic elbows. <laughs> Gato reverses an Irish whip and charges into a big boot. Super Delphine climbs the ropes only for Gato to charge in again. But Delphine fights him off and hits the tornado DDT. <sighs> Super Delphine goes for the cradle pin. But Gato is smart enough to remember from Delphine's previous match. Oh, yeah. Come on. You know. And he counters it with a cradle pin of his own. For the pin. And, and the win. We should do a, like, rules. Not, like, like rules of wrestling book where it's, like, you know, he who exposes gimmick takes gimmick. <laughs> like, you know, fool me twice good wrestling. You can't fool me three times. Like a Confucius type <laughs> of thing where it's, like, just... You know, there's all those things where you're like, oh, like you're just waiting for when you've watched enough wrestling and you're waiting for the thing to happen. And uh, sometimes it does, and sometimes it's better when it doesn't. So we move on to our eighth match. Black Tiger. Of NJPW. Versus Wild Pegasus. Of NJPW. First NJ and double NJPW match. What another, could it be? Another quarterfinal matchup. There's bad blood. We got middle fingers. We also know that these guys... Good friends in real life, yes. so we should all be excited. Mm-hmm. And that's why they got the vitriol at the beginning, because it's probably going to get good. This is where it uh, finally registered to me that, oh yeah, that's who Black Tiger is. Because uh-huh. I wasn't really paying too much attention. You know, I was watching the match during the Taka match, but not really studying him as he was moving. When and I first then started... once I saw them in there together, I was like, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, duh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I first, I was like, Black Tiger is Jericho, right? And then I was like, wait... No, it's not Jericho. I was like, what? The mustache? Like, that's that's not him. And I was like, oh, wait, no. I know who it is. <laughs> but it took me a couple of matches because I was like, I, what was Jericho's New Japan name? Was he yeah, just... Lion, Lionheart? Lionheart, yeah. Yeah, yeah something like that, yeah. You may have noticed that while Pegasus didn't have a match in the first round because he received a bye. There's another man the who will get a, has a bye as well that we will get to uh, probably next. Also, we've mentioned before, but again, Wild Pegasus is Chris Benoit. 
And we saw him last at the G1 Climax 93, episode 97. Yeah, this is uh, Benoit uh, with, still with the crooked teeth. Yes. So the two men are in each other's spacing. Does a little shoving as they're being announced. As you said, they have bad blood mm-hmm. flipping each little other fingers. off. Fingers, yeah. They started off by trading arm and leg locks until they are simultaneously in leg locks. But Black Tigers is stronger, so he takes control of the match. Mm, stomps in the face wash. Before hitting a scoop slam slingshot Sintong combo, followed by a back suplex and figure four neck lock until Wild Pegasus can make the ropes to break the hole. And I love that in between that stuff, he's still like doing stomps to the gut. Like It's getting gritty. Black Tiger goes for another suplex, only for Pegasus to float over and hits an inverted suplex. Tiger goes for a tilt-a-whirl, but while Pegasus counters, dropping Black Tiger with a clothesline. Pegasus then goes out to the apron to attempt to suplex Tiger out to the floor, only for Black Tiger to counter. But while Pegasus floats over again, trying for a German suplex, which Tiger blocks, so Pegasus just throws a charging Black Tiger up in the air to fall face first. Oh, flat on the face. It's great. While Pegasus with a running knee lift, followed by chops and a slingshot suplex into the ropes, before hitting a bridging German suplex and a snap power bomb for a two count. I love the spot where they try to do the suplex to the four, and I'm like, yeah, right. Like, it just <laughs> never happens. It's hard for me to ever believe it. Yeah. Pegasus continues with a snap suplex, goes for the cover, but Tiger gets his boot on the ropes. So while Pegasus puts the figure four necklock back on, only for Black Tiger to break the hold by making the ropes. Pegasus goes for a running knee lift again, but Tiger counters with a roll up for two, goes to run the ropes, and while Pegasus looks to hit a pop up powerball, only for Black Tiger to reverse it into a hurricanrana. Are you fucking kidding me? Right? Mm-hmm. Right? No, that's what really happened. Yeah, but like, <laughs> when you say it, I'm like, sure. But I saw the thing, and it was wild. Yeah. Modern times, you would get the uh, holy shit, you would get the fight forever. Oh, my my immediate note after this that is, is, is holy shit. <laughs> <This> is <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tiger with a bridging German for a two count, applies the camel clutch for a moment before hitting a fallaway slam. He goes up top, coming off with a drop kick only for Pegasus to avoid and hit a back suplex for a near fall, while Pegasus has wrist control and goes for multiple pinfalls, only for Black Tiger to bridge his way back to his feet and hits a springboard head scissor takedown and a super Frankensteiner for a two count. He plants his head right to the mat. Just like, yeah, it's like a (laughs) child throwing a rock on the ground. Yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry about the concussion later, probably. <laughs> Tiger continues with a vertical suplex, goes for the Tornado DDT, only for Pegasus to toss Black Tiger off to the mat. While Pegasus then sets Tiger on the top rope, but Tiger headbutts him off to the mat before going for a crossbody. But Pegasus counters that into a power slam for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, uh, best match? These guys can these I, guys know each other. Can I say two words? Uh-huh. You can say two words. Short list. <laughs> this shit's wild. <laughs> we'll talk about the short list. <laughs> I'm loving all the like non-finisher 
finishers, it makes so much sense for a tournament where people are getting like surprise pins or finding like a chink in the armor of the other guy to get the pins. So like nobody looks particularly like weak for most of their losses. It's just incredibly well booked. Do you know how awesome it is of only being a fan of these two in their later career to finally get to see the two of them really go for it like it they're like youngest and most like not like they're they can't they're too young to be bitter about the business they're just trying to they're putting it all out there they're trying and they're getting both they're they're doing their best to get each other over in a foreign land even yep and And, uh effortlessly and yeah and you know what they did they did it they fucking did it (laughs) they fucking did it so we head to our ninth match the great suzuki Versus El Samurai in yeah. a quarter-final matchup. El Samurai of New Japan, great Sasuke. Sasuke. Yeah. Just, just to let you know. It's like Shinsuke and Asuka. Yeah, Sasuke. No use. Sasuke. Uh, of Michinoku Pro. And we got Sasuke with the double mask. which We see to this day in uh, New Japan, where guys have come into the ring and have a mask and take the other mask off. Looking at you, uh, Despi, and oh, who's the other guy? Bushi. Bushi. Like, oh. Sorry, I apologize, Bushi. Like I've seen Rey yeah. Mysterio wear a mask. <laughs> mask. Yeah, but you know, Los Ingonables. Seen Johnny be bad wear a mask under a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Sasuke also received a bye into the quarterfinals, just like Wild Pegasus. And the match gets going with Samurai dodging a kick. If you could dodge a duck, you could dodge a dive. <laughs> After some back and forths, Sasuke takes El Samurai down and starts working on the leg. But Samurai makes the ropes to break the hole. I mean, I would just be going straight for guys' knees. These these guys, uh, you know, they got trampolines in their shoes. Gotta slow them down. Uh-huh. More mat work as El Samurai counters the leg work with a cross arm breaker. But the great Sasuke escapes quickly. Samurai lands multiple hard strikes to Sasuke's leg before applying an ankle lock. When the great Sasuke tries to fight out. El Samurai turns it into a butterfly lock to trap all the appendages. I love him just like cr- starting to crank crank those legs. Like it's one thing to put like an ankle lock on, but it's another thing to like just get those jerks in. Yep. Samurai rams Sasuke's knee into the mat, forcing him to roll out to regroup. Back in the ring, El Samurai stays on the offense with a body slam. Applies Doink the Clown submission, the stump puller. <laughs> Wasn't expecting so, it. Yeah, God. <laughs> That's the only place I'd ever seen it before, and I was just like, oh, uh-huh. I've seen that. Yeah. But, it was, but it was Doink the Clown. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what the real name of it was. The stump puller is funny. Only for Sasuke to escape by powering Samurai's ankle over his knee. How weird would it Oh, be I love that, that. Like, It was like, oh, you got a leg lock on me? Well, what about your leg? I can reach your shit. How weird of a world would it be if if and maybe it is that way, but Doink the Clown showed up in Japan. Well, no, that you know, over here in the states, you've got people who are you know bringing over the the Mishinoku driver and all these you know moves from from Japan. What if in Japan they bring over moves from the states like the, the stump doink, yeah, the, the stunt puller <laughs> uh-huh. and. I'm trying to think of other other ones. The like, leg drop. I mean, I, I guess the, I guess there's the DDT, <laughs> like which like supposedly was Jake. Everybody says like, oh yeah, Jake. Yeah. 
It's so simple, but we're like, yeah, everybody agrees that Jake came up with it. Wasn't this an accident for the DDT? Didn't he just slip in the ring and Uh, who knows? It caught on. I don't know exactly. You know who couldn't tell you? Jake the Snake. You got it. (laughs) You know who probably could? DDP. (laughs) DDP. While doing yoga. Oh, he could tell you too much, (laughs) more than you'd like to know. What about the diamond cutter? I don't know. Was it used before? I don't know. I have, yeah, I don't know. We really haven't. I mean, we just saw the first stunner. So I yeah, mean, that kind of move really doesn't feel like a move yet. Yeah, it's like yeah. what I feel like. We're, I mean, we're about to get to a spot where it's like, oh, that's a thing, but it becomes so big that like other people just can't use it. Yeah, yeah. and we're gonna get here in a couple of years to a point where. The world is stealing from each other as far as wrestling goes anyway because it's blowing up so big. So, yeah, I guess we'll mm-hmm. see what starts to pop up where. Anywho. El Samurai recovers to go right back to work on the leg. The great Sasuke grabs a leg lock as well and becomes a race to the ropes to break the hold. Sasuke rolls out to regroup once again, but once they're back in, he receives a back suplex, a Russian leg sweep, and a submission move that just looks extremely painful. <laughs> Great Sasuke manages to escape, and the two men start trading strikes until Sasuke drops Samurai with a handspring back elbow. Pop, pop! That sends El Samurai out to the floor. Oh, Samurai loves the floor. We get the Sasuke special, which is a handspring flip over the ropes for a plancha onto Samurai. Feet? The crowd is going nuts. He's a feet right to the face of El Samurai. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right. El Samurai New Japan, but Great Sasuke is so over. The crowd is just ch- chanting Sasuke over and over again. God damn it, Michael. Now I've got magnitude in my head going pop, pop. <laughs> um, I love saying pop, pop. <laughs> Sasuke makes it back to the ring first, tries to bring El Samurai in with a suplex, only for him to float over, start running the ropes, but Great Sasuke hits a spinning heel kick for a two count. Samurai with a clothesline and a drop kick to send Sasuke to the floor, following out with a Tope Kongiro. Great Sasuke finally makes it back in for El Samurai to hit a bridging German suplex. I love that Taka's on the floor, fucking there for his brother. Yep. Followed by a diving headbutt for a near fall. Samurai goes for a powerbomb, only for Sasuke to reverse it into a Frankensteiner. Oh, use those legs for that roll-up. Great Sasuke with a body slam. Goes up top, but El Samurai meets him there. He's up fast. Getting Sasuke into an electric chair position. Only for Great Sasuke to counter into a sunset flip powerbomb for a near fall. It's hot. It's hot in here. Samurai ducks a spinning heel kick. Hits a thunder fire powerbomb for the pin. And no, Sasuke kicks out. El Samurai then charges in for a running Frankensteiner, but Great Sasuke rolls through for the pin and, and the win. win. This shit is a beautiful. Yeah. So the Mishinoku Pro? Pro, yeah. Like, what the hell was their exact company called? Yeah. Is that Taka's like, father's company or Taka started up himself? Uh, yeah, or? I know. I, was like, I always have this thing where I'm like, well, is that Taka's thing? Thing or not he lost in the first round we know sasuke because we just talked about it was like the because him being as young as he i'm assuming as young as he is there i wouldn't see him being one running it but then it was founded be... by a great sasuke in 1993 oh, okay it was primarily focused on the lucha libre style many wrestlers don masks 
does not say why it was named that. Hmm. Maybe he was their star. Well, I believe that or... Uh, Michinoku. Or does that just mean something? I thought Michinoku might mean something in Japanese. Oh, Michinoku means end of the road. End of... <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, insert voice uh, man. End of the road driver. Huh? <laughs> yeah, the end of the road driver. But yeah, in ancient times, the northeastern Tohoku region of Japan was known as Michinoku, meaning end of the road. Huh. So yeah, maybe it's just a regional mm-hmm. name. It might just be like, oh, this is like the, the area in Japan or whatever, yeah. So, But I thought that Michinoku might have been a... It's it, Michinoku is not a rank in sumo, is it? No. No, it's Makushita. Makushita. I think Michinoku might also be used in... There's... Not a lot of anime I've ever gotten into, but there's one called Hajime no Ippo, and uh, I believe that maybe that's his last name. It's been a while since I watched it, but it's a boxing anime that's very good. Like, I know Makushla or whatever from Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, brings it back to the whole boxing thing. Yeah, totally. I highly suggest uh, Hajime no Ippo, The Fighting Spirit. Very good shit. It's like Michinoku is not actually Taka's real name. Oh, is it uh, not? It's, it's a ring name. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense then. Yeah, they were uh, they were they were preening him as the uh, ace, maybe. So we're headed to our tenth match: Ricky Fuji of FMW versus Jushin Thunder Liger. The man, the name, the, the J, the legend, the J in the cup. In another quarterfinal matchup, we get a handshake. As Liger is wont to do. They go back and forth to start with some technical exchanges, leading to Liger looking to win a knuckle lock test of strength, only for Ricky to flip Jushin over for a quick pin attempt. Fuji escapes a headlock before drop-kicking Liger out to the floor, following out with a plancha and a powerbomb. Back in the ring, Ricky stays on the attack with a running uppercut, a snap suplex, and goes up top for a crossbody. But Jushin catches him with a shotai. Liger's up first and hits a bulldog before tossing Fuji to the floor, where he continues by slamming Ricky before coming off the top turnbuckle with a double foot stomp. I mean, come on. The double foot stomp, mm-hmm. I was not ready for. It just didn't, the, it like cut off the flow that you would, I was like, oh, he's going to uh, a flip or wait or something. <laughs> but no, he just like the immediacy of just like dropping right down. Yep. And then there's me on my couch with my whole, let's go Liger. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the ring, Jushin hits a kapu kick, makes the cover, but Fuji is in the ropes. So Liger hits a powerbomb and a released German suplex for a two kick. Liger with a drop kick in the corner, goes for a superplex, but Ricky floats over to land on top for a near fall. Fuji then sets Jushin up on the top rope climbs up to drop kick Liger to the floor before following out with a baseball slide drop kick. Mm-hmm. Jushin rolls back in but is immediately met with a back suplex. Ricky then sets Liger on the top rope again, but this time Jushin punches him off, leaping off with a hurricanrana for the pin and, and the, the win. win. And it was so quick, there's so much... In eight minutes, there's so many small things that we missed here that are just small, but 
but they're it, the small stuff's important mm-hmm. in uh, wrestling. But I love like Fuji like taking a bump to the back of his neck, and like as he's getting up, he's just like hitting himself in the back of the neck to be like, all right, get it, get get into this. He's like, That's you right. know, you're still you still got it. Shake it off, walk it off. Mm-hmm. God damn. We're then going to our eleventh match. We're going to the semis, right? Semifinals. Semifinals. I gotta say. How often is it that you're at the eleventh match and you're not tired of watching the show that you're on? I don't know. Like to be honest, I watched <laughs> WrestleMania ten in one evening. Uh-huh. There was no way I wasn't I was gonna stop it. Yeah, it's. I watched this show in one evening. Yeah, it's I just not was too like, often. okay, well, I was like, well, uh, it's kind of late, but like, there's no way. I was like, I'll save the final maybe for like tomorrow. It's like, no, you're just gonna you're just gonna do it. Yeah, most shows I watch in one sitting, and there's usually about four or five spots through it that you know I either want to fast forward or I find <laughs> myself distracted looking on my phone, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it. This, this not here. One of them. Not here. <laughs> I can understand it's also why this a is tournament the most evening, videotape too. in history. Yeah. But this 11th match is Gato versus Wild Pegasus. You got Gato of War and Wild Pegasus of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So Gato starts running the ropes. So Pegasus goes for a monkey flip, only for Gato to hold onto the ropes to avoid. While Pegasus then kips up and the two trade slaps. Did you have the mental note of like, oh, I can't even think of who it is in New Japan that always does, like, the rope hold. And I'm like, ah. Yano. Yano, yeah. And I'm like, oh, Yano was probably on some Gato shit. <laughs> Pegasus then hits a clothesline, a neck breaker, second rope, leg drop for a two count. Goes for a drop kick, but again, Gato holds onto the ropes to avoid. Yeah, we get a chant early on, but I'm not sure who it's for. Like, I'm not, I couldn't quite call it. Gato locks on a double chicken wing, only for Pegasus to quickly make the ropes. But Gato goes right back to it, and it takes while Pegasus a bit longer to make the ropes the second time. Gato with a pile driver for a two count rakes the eyes multiple times before drop kicking Pegasus out to the floor. Gato comes off the top rope with a moonsault. To continue the attack oh. as the crowd is chanting for him. Foot lands right right on Wild Pegasus' head. Like heel to the forehead. Back in the ring, Gato tosses Wild Pegasus to the ropes. Hits a power slam for a near fall. Followed by a bridging Northern Lights suplex for a two count. Damn. Gato heads up top for a diving headbutt. But doesn't land anywhere close. The Pegasus. Pegasus is like clear across the ring. Yeah. He's not getting a coast to coast flying headbutt. While Pegasus goes for a back suplex, but Gato counters to land on top for a two count. The two duck each other's clotheslines. They then trade waist locks until Pegasus finally gains control to hit a power bomb for a near fall. While Pegasus hits another power bomb and then goes up top. I know. Top rope. I got scared. I was like, you can't go to the top. Headbutt. For the pin. And, and the win. win. I was, I really was like, he's going to go to the top because he's like, I just need to get this guy down. I'm going to go to the top and then Gato's going to pull it out. But no. Not today. But not today. Not today. I know. This is the best Gato match so far mm-hmm. on the show. I, I think I've personally. only seen three Gato matches, and yeah, this one was great. Uh, I have only seen three Gato matches we're talking about, but I have <laughs> seen true. I have seen Gato as the 
ring man uh, in New Japan because he's booked, but he's also like kind of an enforcer. He's the Jimmy Hart he, of New Japan. He's a Jimmy Hart, but like with uh, with a kendo stick kind of thing. Hmm, that's Jado. J- oh, Jado, yes, Gato. Uh-huh, yeah. They're brothers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like potato, tomato. <laughs> I guess it really works. Gato, Jado. So we're off to our 12th match. Great Sasuke versus Jushin Thunder Liger. And I'd like to say that I'm kind of loving that we're getting to the semis and the matches are getting shorter, which makes sense because these guys have have had matches earlier in the night. So they're putting it all out there, but like, so that's what can I was they really go longer? This was the same day, or if they did it like the oh, everything we watched okay. is all the same show, which is crazy. Which is like, I feel like it's like, oh, kayfabe. Like <laughs> the matches are going to be shorter because these guys are tired, and they've already, you know, put it all out there. Yeah, the matches get shorter, but yeah, they don't but, get more yeah, dull. They don't. They, there's not. There's not less stuff that happens. No. <laughs> so the two men shake hands and. Surprisingly, at, at least to me, Sasuke's getting more cheers. I know than Liger. Liger is has always been the like maybe the most selfless person in wrestling. So the two men started off with a chain wrestling exchange that ends in a stalemate and loud applause. Liger gains an advantage momentarily with a knuckle lock, only for Great Sasuke to come back by applying pressure to Jushin's thighs and legs with different submissions. Liger counters that into a surfboard before applying the Romero special, before adding cranking on the neck with a dragon sleeper mm. for extra measure. Put him away. Back to their feet, Jushin with a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and begins to target the back of Sasuke with a camel clutch, elbows, and a kapu kick. Sasuke! 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 This is also where the crowd was chanting for him, that's why... At first, I, thought I wasn't reminding him no, how to say no, it. No, no, <laughs> no such thing. The ref backs Liger up to check on the ailing great Sasuke as he's slow to get to his feet. But once he does, Jushin is right back on the offensive with a stiff forearm, a tombstone pile driver, Woo! before locking on a cross face chicken wing. Oh, the cross face chicken wing. It's like we got old uh, Bob Backlund represented here in. I know, it's a, yeah. If, for some reason, we all just decide to quit our jobs and open uh, a um, a pickup chicken spot, Crossface Chicken Wings. It's not a bad name. <laughs> we, we need a, a good Japanese pickup chicken spot here in Oklahoma City because the one that we have just can't seem to open yeah, up already. We, we got the Crossface Chicken Wings. There's scallions <laughs> on everything. Liger starts working the arm with a pair of arm breakers, rolling it into a kimura lock, wrenching as hard as possible before transitioning into a cross arm breaker. Poor Sasuke. Jushin hits another arm breaker, a back suplex, and goes up top, coming off with a drop kick. But Sasuke catches him midair with a drop kick of his own, sending Liger out to the floor. Ooh, well, yeah, it looks like, uh, looks like Jushin... It looks like Jushin kind of got more of it. Yeah. I, Just uh, saying. I always cringe anytime there's a, a drop kick as somebody's coming off the rope because... Uh-huh. I just always expect the worst to happen, and that that one hit. Yeah, Jushin nice. went to the floor, but I think that his connected a little harder. Great Sasuke looks like he's going for a plancha. Hop to that apron. But he, 
jumps over to the apron, <laughs> kicks Jushin before hitting an Asai moonsault. Oh, uh, it's perfect. Sasuke tries for a suplex back into the ring, but Liger blocks, so great Sasuke slams his head into the turnbuckle, dropping Jushin back to the floor. Well, Sasuke gets a running start to jump onto the top rope and fly off with a senton to land on top of Liger. That's like a swan, swan senton. Back in the ring, great Sasuke keeps it up with some knee drops, spinning heel kick, and a pile driver for a two count. Followed by a thunder fire powerbomb for the pin, and no, no. Jushin kicks out. And Jushin's got the shakes. He's got the little leg shakes. He's hurt. <laughs> Sasuke continues with a leg drop. Oh, the leg drop right to the back of the head of Liger. Tombstone pile driver goes up top for another senton, but Liger moves in time, only for Great Sasuke to roll through, and the two men start running the ropes, where Jushin hits a showtime. For a two count. Liger bomb for a near fall. Jushin with a super Frankenstein. Sasuke. Sasuke. Only for Sasuke to roll over for a two count of his own. The crowd is wild over here. Liger with a release German. Fisherman Buster. Ah. All for near falls. We saw what the Fisherman Buster did earlier. He had that cocky pin off that German too. It's like, Jushin, you gotta grab the legs. Jushin then suplexes Great Sasuke over the ropes to the floor. I know. out with a top rope plancha. It's like we were, we were just talking about it earlier. It's like, oh, well, they just never do the suplex to the floor. <laughs> but, like, it had to happen on this show. Yeah. And it happened in this match, and it was awesome. It was beautiful. Once Sasuke reaches the apron, Jushin with a kapu kick and signals for the end. But Great Sasuke recovers and leaps up onto the ropes only to slip and faceplant into oh, the ring. Oh my gosh! Liger begins to taunt, but that gives Sasuke time to recover, hitting a Frankensteiner for the pin, and, and the, the win. win. Didn't know how over Sasuke was. Yeah. Love that he fought from underneath the whole time, got the flash pin on Liger, Liger got cocky. Yeah, I, uh, uh, I thought Liger was going to get his... Second little win here with uh, somebody making a, a whoops off the rope. I know, it, and it was his. It's his tournament. Yep. But like I said, the most selfless man in wrestling, Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah. So we head to our main event. Ugh. The finals. Our thirteenth match. Great Sasuke versus Wild Pegasus, and this match happened literally five minutes after the other match. That's <laughs> bananas. Fucking, wow. yeah, so we got Wild Pegasus, an American guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling at the top of the super, first Super J Cup versus the great Sasuke, the ace of Michinoku Pro. I mean, come on. What are we, this, what are we like? Prepare yeah. for a banger. Yeah, we, yeah. Liger just nailing himself to a fucking cross, fucking lightweight wrestling jesus over here so the two men trade arm locks and headlocks when pegasus goes for a snapmare only for sasuke to land on his feet charge in with a kick but wild pegasus catches it so great sasuke does a standing flip followed by a quick takedown and a kip up leading to another standoff and damn and we're off and we're off pegasus chopping away in the corner goes for an irish whip which is reversed with Sasuke charging in and kick-flipping off of Wild Pegasus' chest. So Pegasus charges out, 
only for Great Sasuke to leapfrog him. While Pegasus then grabs his legs for a Boston Crab, but Sasuke powers out and hits a spinning heel kick to send Pegasus out to the ring. He does that. I love that, uh, yeah, when you just whip him with your legs. They, like, they go for the, the crab, and you're just like, no, not today. Great, Sasuke looks to go for a dive, but while Pegasus just moves out of the way, so Sasuke thinks twice. Back in the ring, Pegasus gets a figure four neck lock applied, only for Great Sasuke to reverse it into a bow and arrow hold, followed by wrenching on both arms. And we see, like, the New Japan and the Mishinoku guys, like, around the ring. We get Liger and Taka, just, you know, the camera makes sure to catch them. Back on their feet, Sasuke kicks while Pegasus in the gut. And he starts running the ropes, somersaulting over a monkey flip attempt, only to walk into a clothesline and a bridging German suplex for a two count. Pegasus misses a clothesline, allowing Sasuke to hit a spinning heel kick. Hits one more, followed by a body slam and a leg drop for a near fall. Great Sasuke applies a Kamara lock before transitioning into a cross arm breaker. When Wild Pegasus gets to his feet and looks for a powerbomb, only for Great Sasuke to reverse it into an arm drag, but Pegasus retaliates with a clothesline. Yeah, what the fuck? I've never seen that before. Have you? No. The com- Come on. And like like I said, the camera's picking up everybody. It's picking up Delphin and Samurai and Gato. Everybody's here to watch the main event. And that just makes it feel that much bigger. Bigger, too. yeah. These guys are like, all right, well... I left it all out there. I know what these guys are made of. Like, what's what's up here? Yep. While Pegasus with a front suplex into the ropes, putting Great Sasuke on the apron. Pegasus then hits a springboard forearm that sends them both out to the floor. 360, baby. Back in the ring, Wild Pegasus hits a bridging dragon suplex for a near fall, followed by a diving headbutt and a folding powerbomb for Sasuke, two counts. Sasuke. He then locks on the sharpshooter, only to release it to hit a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker for another near fall. Ten-minute call. Pegasus tosses Sasuke to the ropes, goes for a dropkick, but Great Sasuke holds onto the ropes. So then Sasuke goes for a tilt-a-whirl, only for Wild Pegasus to land on his feet. So Great Sasuke goes for a leg lariat <laughs> that is ducked before hitting a clothesline. Oh my god. Sasuke charges in for another clothesline. But Pegasus ducks and hits a bridging German suplex for the pin. And And no! Great Sasuke kicks out. Game over, Chris. While Pegasus looks for another dragon suplex. Only for Sasuke to counter it into a victory roll. But Pegasus reverses and just sits down on Great Sasuke for a near fall. Nice job there, Peggy. While Pegasus sends Sasuke to the corner only for him to leap up and off the ropes with a crossbody before a spinning heel kick sends Pegasus out to the floor, followed by a Sasuke special. The crowd is ready. Back in the ring, great Sasuke lands a bridging German and a perfect plex for a two count. Goes for a missile drop kick, only for Wild Pegasus to just shove it away. He just swats it off. So Sasuke rolls out to the apron. Pegasus attempts to suplex him back into the ring. Yeah, he just meets him at the apron. He's like, oh, you're not getting away. <laughs> but he's blocked and reversed, sending while Pegasus crashing out to the floor. Superplex to the floor from the apron on wild Pegasus. Fuck. 
Once Pegasus makes it back in, Great Sasuke dropkicks him back out to the floor, leaping off the top with a missile dropkick as well. Mm. And Great Sasuke is selling his little leg. It looks like he legitimately was hurt yeah. as he's limping around, making his way back into the ring. But he slams Wild Pegasus before hitting a twisting somersault splash. Basically a twisted bliss. Oh, yeah. For okay. a two count. Great Sasuke heads up top again, only for Pegasus to meet him there, Hammers grabbing the him for an avalanche back suplex. But Sasuke elbows him away and continues the climb to the top. While Pegasus is back to his feet and jumps up to the top rope, grabbing Sasuke to hit an avalanche gut wrench suplex for the pin and, and the win. win. And Wild Pegasus is your Super J-Cup winner. I love the flash finishes. Holy Gosh. shit, what a way to end an evening with that basically German from the top to the mat. Wow. So, gentlemen, I ask you, <laughs> what are your overall thoughts of Super J-Cup first stage? Uh, best show, most influential show, lots of kicking out of big moves, but my, which I can see being complained by the more traditional wrestling fans and this being a hot tape in the 90s and maybe influencing people to do too much. But you can't blame the first guys that did it. No. Because I'll be goddamned if this wasn't, like, if there wasn't a match on here that's not worth your time, like... And if you've never seen this show, I would highly suggest watching it in order from first match to last match. Like, I think that there's great stuff in here that in a vacuum by itself is great, but it's not as great outside of the experience of the evening they curated in fucking Sumo Hall, Ryogoku, in 1994 in uh, Japan. It's wild. <sighs> <laughs> I, I can't think of like my my initial thought is to say because yeah. my brain kept doing that the entire time of watching the show because I'm used to good match, bad match, bad match, good uh, match, yes. uh, okay match. All right, I got to go to the bathroom match. Okay, here's another good match, and this yeah, one was or, just like all right, this one caught my attention. Starting off with Dean Malenko, and then it just kept growing and growing and growing, and then I get the the awesomeness of. Pegasus and Black Tiger together, and then you know, just when I think that's the height it's going to be, then the yeah, next match Liger comes along. And Sasuke. And the next match comes along, and and yeah. like I mean, if it was Liger and Sasuke for the last match, would have been great. Mm -hmm. But there's something like kind of extra special that Liger didn't make it, and you're like, either of these guys could win. The crowd is not chanting Wild Pegasus. No, they are not chanting Wild Pegasus. Wild Pegasus won. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. So about halfway through this show, I told myself I can't put all these matches on the short list. <laughs> there's two. There's then it's not really a short list, right? It's just like, oh, well, best show. But the majority of them would be on it if any of these matches were just another match on any, any other show. show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when I you would... put them all on this one thing, it's kind of like, which ones do you go, okay, that's the short list, that's the 
Like, can we put an entire show as a shortlist match? Just watch the entire <laughs> yeah, just watch show. This show. I mean, our I... shortlist. Our shortlist <laughs> episode is just a replay of this episode. I would highly suggest that everybody uh, watch this show immediately. Yeah. But I would say that like the the least good matches on the show are Malenko Gato and probably uh, Negro Casas yeah. and Fuji. If I had to cut two, I would cut those two. Mm-hmm. But they're by no means bad, and they are eight minutes, sixteen minutes total inside of yeah. uh, one of the you most lose like absolutely nothing by watching them. No, no, no. It all all they really do is add to the rest of the show. Yep. But if I was had to be like, okay, well, these are the ones that weren't great, like probably or like were those, but they were still good wrestling matches. So the question is, is this the best show we've ever watched? I mean, I think so. I think that like this yeah, I, I, and WrestleMania 10 are two of the best shows we've watched that in in completely different ways. What we're saying here is we're on a roll in professional <laughs> wrestling in Japan, in the United States of America, and I am know what's coming and I am so bummed. The Orange Goblin might take away some of my big baby boys. Mm-hmm. Some of my, like, right now, WCW has some of my favorite guys. And I love what they've been doing. I love that Ric Flair's back behind the book. But, I mean, as far as one night tournament, which we've talked up so much how much we love those, yep. this is the this is the one. Yeah. I love the wrestling classic. I love, is WrestleMania it Re- 4. WrestleMania 4. But this is not even comparable because it's a different style of wrestling yeah smaller guys more energetic style more unknown guys higher spots people really trying to grab the brass rings and yeah and everything everything works it's like one of those where i don't remember which show it was where was it jim hurd or whoever took over that basically said go out there and have the best match and get extra money you know it's it's kind of like they had that Claws there, and everybody went out there with the mentality of, I'm going to steal the show, or we're going to steal the show, and this is what's going to be the most memorable It's also one of those things like, hey, we're smaller guys. This is the first time we've had something like this. It's in New Japan, the biggest promotion in Japan at the time, and it's interpromotional. So these guys are also, it's like, hey, did you like what I did? Well, I'm from FMW. I'm from Michinoku Pro. Like... Oh. You're gonna. See, this is where you're gonna see me here now. Yeah, <laughs> I see the uh, the next week note there. But yeah, I mean, like this is uh, the shit we are waiting for all the time. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up, we, which we've kind of already been doing. Yeah, it's hard not to. Some other best moments. <laughs> I mean, Black Tiger wild pegasus just because of the vitriol yeah because they had the friendship so it feels like that they had like kind of the the best chemistry that match has the best chemistry because these guys know each other they watched each other they've talked about the stuff they've talked about wrestling they know wrestling they've helped each other get there they've seen each other wrestle they probably wrestled each other before or tag before like they they know each other so i literally put like, as I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, Taka, Black Tiger, mm. shortlist. Yeah. And then I, like, 
three matches later, it's like Hayabusha versus Liger. Uh, shortlist. Yeah, Sasuke. That was going to be my other one too. Black Tiger, Tiger versus Wild, Wild Pegasus. Shortlist. Uh-huh. <laughs> Liger. Sasuke El Samurai. It's pretty close. Yeah. yeah. But then you get Liger, and, and you're like, okay, well, if Liger and Sasuke, Sasuke and Liger, it didn't shortlist. happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Liger, Pegasus, Sasuke, shortlist. Yeah. It's like, yep. that's half the show I would put on the shortlist. Yep. Yeah. That I mean, tells you everything. Yeah. The, the, Liger... the best moments is just everything. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is, like, the every match is better because of the last one. I mean, literally, the Black Tiger Taka match. Eight minutes, and how much stuff they just like poured into that match without it feeling like silly. Exactly, because I have a problem with like people doing a lot of stuff and it feeling silly. Yeah, it happens all the time. There's great wrestling that is done all the time, but the thing that keeps me away from like loving it, I'm impressed by it, but is because there's like it feels silly this doesn't feel silly it doesn't no. it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as like silly seems mean or lame of me to say but more planned and this feels more organic is the better way for me to put it it feels less like a Jackie Chan fight scene and more like a wrestling match except for these guys don't care about themselves they don't like they don't care about their bodies they just want to win. It's a tournament. Yeah. The uh, I have to keep looking at his name because I can't remember how to pronounce it. The Hayabusa and Liger match. That one was like, like I said before, a real life Power Ranger fight in the ring. And <laughs> yeah. That's what made it so exciting. Was... And what the thing that kind of like put it over the edge is the like small botches and stuff where a guy flips to the floor well, and when... hurts himself. But the thing is, they don't even take the time to. Tell is like, hey, since I got hurt, I'm gonna, like, since I took this landing poorly, I'm gonna sell it. It's just like their brains are all firing at the highest level. Yeah, I mean, it's literally, crazy. Literally, one of my favorite moments in the Sasuke Liger match Sasuke, Sasuke Falls. Sasuke Falls, and instead of, because that was my big complaint about the last time we saw Liger in, in Tiger Mask, is that Tiger Mask missed that, that, and they just didn't play it up at all they just no. move to the next spot but this was even and faster that was, and that was my com- biggest complaint about that match yeah this time liger went oh he messed up let me taunt for a second because he can literally just it gives him time to recover he stands up and he hits the same move that he was going to hit yes but just not a springboard version yep. no it still works it works better honestly because it's like oh he got a little too and then he because he did that he got too big for his britches by taunting and you know who ate the pin it's just intelligent is the the kind of thing it's like oh it's fine if you do cool stuff for 10 minutes but i like the intelligence is 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 here in the in the biggest spots where you really need it it does come through it's like these guys are just yeah galaxy brain isn't that like a meme or something like that but these guys are their head they're yeah their brains are are, uh, are firing on all cylinders here. They ate their Wheaties. Is there anything disappointing on this show? I will say the only thing disappointing to me about this show is that this show is not one video that I can watch as its original 
broadcast. That's my only complaint. Like, is that it's not the original broadcast with the, like, breaks and the, like, graphics and stuff. And that's not a complaint. That just means that I want more to make it feel even yeah. bigger than it already felt. I, I would have preferred... to stop in between and yeah. go to the next one. I, I just would, want it to yeah. continuously flow. If this was a, <laughs> a like, you know, two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour tape as opposed to the single matches, that's the only thing I think that could really make it better. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really my only thing there. Was... And Liger not winning only makes it better. And the guy that wasn't being chanted for in the last match winning only makes it better. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only... I, it's most more of a disappointment in myself that I watched the wrong one that didn't have the English translation. I mean, all it really was was them, like, kind of... It just meant I sat on the edge history. of my seat more and watched the TV because I didn't yeah. have to listen to what people were saying. Yeah, there's really no disappointment in this show I mean, at all. Completely. Yeah, I mean, we are uh, firing on all cylinders over here at Wrestling History X. Yeah. Um, Looker only... Man, whoever you were, great job. Yeah, it was Liger, I'd imagine. Yeah, it was Liger. But... Oh, so you were actually serious when you said this was his. Yeah, it was no, his... he created the he tournament. He created the yeah. tournament. And like, sold it to completely. New Japan and was like, hey, okay. I want to do I mean, this. See, I thought you were in... just saying Super J, you know, Jushin. You know, no, no, I, I no, no. Like, he, that whole thing there. I he came up it. with it. Like, he is the He literally wanted junior. this tournament for like 11 years. Wow. He'd been trying to get it off the ground and he finally was able to. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great job. And yeah, he was like, okay, well, these are... he. Picked the guys and probably booked the winners. He probably didn't book the finishes. Way to go! I imagine those other guys booked the finishes. Mister, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Fame member. It doesn't. It the. It's uh, lightning in a bottle. Really, it really is. So, who's our best performer of the night? I mean, Uh, (laughs) we can do like throw a a dart. Yeah, it's like we can. (laughs) We can. We can be like okay. Well. I mean, if Pegasus, if, Sasuke, Liger, Black Tiger, if Hayabusa, I think that's one through five right there. Yeah, it's like okay, well, you can kind of put them all in the same place and then give the honorable mention to Hayabusa. I mean, if if this tournament is the result of Liger, I'm gonna give it to him just for putting this shit together. I mean, because, yeah, plus he wrestled sure. three times. Holy yes, shit. he did. He wrestled three times and didn't put himself over. Yeah, yeah. and had holy shit moments in each of the matches that he had from start to finish. Absolutely. Sometimes we will talk about these shows, and it's like, okay, well, I watched the show, I took notes, and we'll be, Matt's going through the match, but I could see almost every spot. Yeah. I could see almost every spot, and I could even see moments that were, like, not touched upon, that were small in-between moments yeah. that is good pro wrestling. I didn't have to be distracted Like, facial by... moments, Ricky Fuji slapping the back of his neck to pump himself up, you know you know while you're getting cocky like the some of the stuff that you know we can't just sit here and tell you absolutely every single fucking time the guy flexed a finger but i i can see the stuff in my head most shows i'm distracted by or not really distracted by i'm less interested in what's happening in the ring and i find myself paying attention to the audience and finding like the little old lady in the front row that was drinking a beer that you know oh she was so sweet and exactly yeah yeah this this had so much stuff happening inside the ring and around the ring that there there was no need to look anywhere else there's zero fat yeah it's just yeah how about surprising that pegasus won 
Yeah, I'll give him that. Because when I was like, because I had to click through to like watch the matches in order, and I realized that it was Sasuke and Pegasus. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I assumed Liger was going to be in the last match, so I got bummed out when I realized that because I was just kind of trying to go through it quick. And Liger losing, I was like, oh, that's so very Liger of you. And then, but Pegasus winning, especially considering how behind, how how deep the crowd was in for Sasuke, like Pegasus winning, I was just like, oh, damn, I'm so glad that I didn't know the outcome of that match. I was kind of surprised Gato got as far as he did. Yeah, because he's the At least... At the time he won the New Japan guy, so... Yeah, he's the least impressive of maybe one of... He's on the lower rung of yeah. uh, of this evening. Of Just this evening. Tournament. Of the entire tournament. But it's one night. But uh, his matches do get better as they go on. I will say that. Agreed. What if this whole tournament here inspired his booking career for the future it could have honestly (laughs) honestly it could have and i would appreciate it if he started working in some more flash pins into his booking just saying it making their way to the ring it's trivia time (laughs) this week the category is what's in a name it's just a name, a name, a name, a name. What's in a name? Oh, there's a Green Day song. What's in a name? Hey. Uh, I don't know what song it is, but there's a meaning in a name. I will give you the real name of a wrestler. You tell me who it is. Hmm. Five points for a correct answer. Three points if we go to multiple choice. All right. The name is Michael Maurice Smith. Michael Maurice Smith. Hmm. Oh, I have a guess, but I don't want to do it. It's worth it for me to go to multiple choice. Maybe. You want to agree to multiple choice? Let's go for it. All right, going to multiple choice. Your options are Bill Dundee, Boris Zukov, Hillbilly Jim, or Sam Houston. Eh. Sam Houston. That is correct. Uh, you know what? I'm was, not thinking that because I remembered Jake's last name was actually Smith. Yeah. Nope. I'm not mad that you got it. I'm mad because I am the Sam Houston stan. <laughs> I love Sam Houston. He bumps fucking, he, yeah, he, he, uh, he bumps like a frog, man. And <laughs> I am sad because I love Sam Houston, but I am, you know, good. I, it's good. Not what I had in my mind at all. Next week, Spring Stampede 1994. Woo! Headed to Chicago. Yep. Yeah, get you a new cowboy hat. Get on the bullet train to Chicago. Yeah. Round up some friends and watch some uh huh decent wrestling. Hell it's yeah. not a bunkhouse stampede. I promise. <laughs> it is definitely not a bunkhouse. I mean, we are on a roll, and I mean it. You should watch this show. I'm looking forward to it. Music from this week's show is The Score by Emerson, Lake, and Powell. And while Pegasus won the main event, so we're going to play his theme music at the time, was Jump, DJ Power Mix, 
by Eskimo. Oh, okay. When you said jump, I was like, was he coming out to Van Halen? <laughs> Might as well jump. I love uh, yeah. jump. I like how you go for Van Halen, I go for crisscross. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, crisscross would probably make more sense at the time period, maybe. But I don't know. I have any idea what song you're talking about. Because we didn't get it in the... Uh-uh. Yeah. You can hear it right now. Oh, okay. Is it good? It's not bad. Okay. It's your normal Japanese, like, remix version of a song. Okay. Like, that kind of style. Mm. So is it, like, DJ Power, or is it DJ Power Mix? That I don't know. Okay. <laughs> if you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. You can always email us any questions, comments, concerns, recipes. Yeah. The recipes are always good. I need a yeah. I need some recipes. I need to make some shit. And you can uh, do that at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. It's wrestling H I S T O X. Watch Japanese wrestling. If you don't think you like wrestling, just watch some Japanese wrestling. Do it. Sayonara. Yes. Bye. Laters. In Japanese. <laughs>